This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and I am here with the lovely Sarah Kumar. But today we have a special guest, and it's Eat to Perform member Heather Thompson. Heather, do you want to say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. So one of the reasons why we have Heather on is we're trying to give you guys, you know, well, hopefully this will become a series and we'll be able to kind of bring to you various e Forum members. But I think Heather is a great one for the first one because she, her story is not, you know, CrossFit games, I work out seven times a day, right. you know, that kind of stuff. So, so Heather, why don't you walk us a little bit through kind of your early story, maybe previous to Eat Perform, what, what you were doing in terms of diet and then what you were doing in terms of working out. Okay. Um, so I put on weight with my pregnancy. Um, my son is now 10 and I, it just never fell off. So my first real attempt to lose weight was Weight Watchers. Um, I had a friend getting married and I was going to be in the wedding party and I needed to look decent. So I did Weight Watchers for about nine months and I lost weight. It was, it was great. I lost weight. Um, but I was what I call skinny fat. Um, I didn't really work out, but I dropped weight. And so I still, it's like 135 pounds, but I had love handles and I still had the, the mama pooch. And, um, uh-huh. but man, I, I, yeah, the marsupial pouch. And, um, I thought I looked good. I was, yeah, that's great. And as soon as I went onto maintenance with it, um, I, I couldn't maintain. It was like a year and a half later, and I was right back up to about 175 pounds. So, um, and I was miserable. So how long? And at that time. It, Heather, can you, uh, I, um, it's going to be a little difficult just for people that don't know. Uh, Heather can't see us talking or not talking, so she doesn't necessarily know when we need to jump in. But uh, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about how long that took you. Um, and then, I'll, you know, I want to make a, a little quick comment about the skinny fat thing. Okay, so I started Weight Watchers in February, and by the end of July, I went from 176 to 135, which is an extremely drastic drop. Yes. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk a little bit about, and one of the reasons why you know Eat to Form tends to be a little bit more successful for people, is when you talk about skinny fat, I mean, it's a pretty common term. Um it's not, it's not just your term. Uh, most people, you know, a lot of people use it, but when you lose weight that fast, you're definitely going to be compromising a little bit of muscle in that process. And so you get to sort of this point of diminishing returns. Do you remember, I, I suppose, um, you, you probably weren't aware of how low your calories were at that point. Um, so they don't use calories, they use points, and I was at 26 points, which is the lowest point they give you. Right. Did you ever go back and figure out how many calories 26 points is? No, because um, it's really weird because <coughs> they don't give you specific points for carbs or protein or fat. It's just 26 points. Yeah. So And they take off, like, fiber. So it's really, really hard to figure out how many calories you're actually supposed to be eating it's just 26 points yeah so how many how many people do you think end up at 26 points by the end of their journey that's where everybody ends up 26 points and then you get seven points for maintenance the thing that's always struck me about weight watchers because i remember when i was doing weight watchers which was probably 20 years ago um there was definitely this thought process of um you needed to move back to maintenance, otherwise, you know, you were going to, um, you know, your body wasn't supposed to live on 26 points, right? Um, but right. The, the problem that you always ran into was there wasn't a real good formula for moving back to maintenance, right? Right. And when, right. when you look at <clears throat> why someone you know, gains back the weight and tends to gain it back with interest. 
it's usually because they've sort of made their body um, somewhat insulin resistant, but somewhat insulin sensitive at the same time. And so your body's actually more inclined to store at that point, right? And even, I mean, do you remember back? I mean, do you feel like, oh my God, I went off the rails? Like, give us that story. Maybe you did. You know, I, I, I know, I, you know, my story was definitely, <clears throat> I tried to be relatively conservative. And then the minute I realized I started gaining weight, then it was like, screw it. You know, like, this is not going to work. And then I can't starve myself forever either. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. That was, yeah, that was pretty much exactly what happened. So I went on maintenance and I did really good for about four months. Um, and then the holidays hit. And once the holidays hit, um, I worked for a big company and everybody brought in food. And it just got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit my points. I'm, yeah. This is terrible. And so once I started putting on weight, it just became, well, I'm going to eat for joy, only I wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, so I did, it, it was very simple to slip back into that, well, you know, it's, it's just a, whatever, it's just a cookie, or it's just a, um, you know, I'm going to go buy the yogurt, but I'm going to go buy the stuff that has 30 grams of sugar in it, yeah. instead of something that has more protein. So, so it was, so I don't um, ever find it sustainable. Right. So, so for you, it was self-defeating, right? Yes, it was in the end. Yes. So talk to me a little Absolutely. bit about what you were doing at that point. Cause I think, you know, I'm going to try and wrap it up a little bit because I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, well, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people that can relate to your story. And then there's some people go, yeah, well, that's the one thing she didn't stick with just chicken and kale. Right. Um, so, so, so talk to me a little bit about, um, because there is that mindset out there, right. You know, that, that yeah. you should have just stuck with the 26 points and, and sucked it up and, and lived a miserable life. And, and, but at least you were skinny. Right. Um, yeah. so talk to me a little bit about, um, what you were doing for activity at that point and, and, and we can kind of talk about why that piece is important mm -hmm. as well. So I had actually started um, the Couch to 5K program. I was running. Um, that's when I also found out that I had exercise-induced asthma, which had hampered a lot of stuff. And so I, I took care of that. I did what my doctor told me to do. And so I was actively trying to be more active. Um, I was running three to four times a week. Um, and then my job was on my feet all day long. If I wasn't getting 20,000 steps, I pretty much wasn't doing my job. So I wasn't sedentary. I didn't just sit around doing nothing. Um, after my running or after my work, I would come home. And once I cooked dinner, I was, you know, I, I sat. But during the day, you want to talk about lists. It was, it was a lot. So I worked for Walmart, and I worked in an over 200,000-square-foot facility, and I didn't stop moving. So, so when, when Heather says lists, what she's referring to is low-intensity, steady-state work, basically the, the stuff that you're doing outside of exercise. And, mm -hmm. you know, she's obviously mentioning um, the fact that she was getting in a fair amount of activity, right? Um, in terms of resistance training you know, other than lifting stuff at work, would there have been anything? There was actually Samsung. I had a Samsung phone and there was a great app called, um, Skimble workout trainer. And so you could do all these body weight exercises. Um, and that's what I did. So I would do my running. I would do a workout from workout from Skimble first, 15 to 20 minutes of casual to moderate exercise. And then I would come home and I would use their cool down program. And then on the days I didn't run, I would try and do some kind of intense workout for 15 to 20 minutes. Right. So it wasn't, yeah. So it wasn't what you're doing now by any means. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You have taught yourself. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get, that's amazing. We'll get into that in just a second. But what I wanted to do, just kind of, I want to really establish the, the, 
ground base where Heather started from and why, you know, ultimately, I, cause I think that a lot of people will look at what you went through and go, wow, that was a big failure, right? She lost 40 mm -hmm. pounds and she didn't learn anything. Um, what ultimately I think all those moments are the things that allow you to figure out what, what actually works. I mean, I would say for you to lose 40 pounds, most people are not that successful with Weight Watchers, right? So you would have been kind of a good, you know, shining star in, in their world. Um, but without the proper guidance in terms of training, in terms of, of, of what's happening with your body. I mean, when I listen to what you're saying, basically everything that you're doing at that point um, was catabolic, right? And there was really not a lot of anabolic. And certainly yeah. when you're, when you're um, under eating, you're not going to allow for, you know, appropriate adaptation to exercise and stuff like that. Do you remember being conscious of, of protein? Because, you know, it's really hard for me to look back at the time that I did it um, compared to the time that you're doing it. Was, was protein a bigger thing? Um, around your time um it broke it down into fats carbs and proteins so that's how you got your points but it wasn't meaning oh you should get more proteins you should get most of those points from proteins it was just here's your point yeah build them yeah and yeah. so so but, yeah in terms of yeah. adaptation exercise you know now in terms of carbohydrates um Talk to me a little bit about about that because mo the way that most people do Weight Watchers, and, and by the way, this is not a criticism of Weight Watchers. I mean, I think that, mm -hmm. um, I do think Weight Watchers could do a little bit better job um, explaining to people, but frankly, I'm not sure that, that people want to hear the truth, right? I mean, truthfully, right. truthfully they want to pull off the Band-Aid as quick as possible, similar to what you did. Right. They want to lose 40 pounds. And then by the time they get back to, you know, vacation or trying to just be normal, you know, they've set their their metabolic numbers so low that, you know, they're, they're storing fat at a very low number. Right. Um, yeah. In terms of carbohydrates, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, you know, that would have been no. Yes. You know, actually, I mean, for most people, they, they just keep fats relatively low. So were you eating more fats, more carbohydrates? Talk about that. So I actually ate more carbohydrates. Um, and their system takes out your fibers. So your fibers didn't count. And fruit did not count. It was zero points. So yeah. you could eat all the fruit and most of the vegetables that you wanted without ever accruing points. Which And that's how I survived. I would buy a bag of um, cuties or those little halos and just eat those throughout the day. So when you look at the number of sugar carbs I took in and see, they don't account for it. Um, yeah. But, so I, everything I looked at was how much fiber is here. Yeah. I think a lot of people will look at this and, and hear, well, obviously she did the diet wrong, right? Um, if she was mm -hmm. doing, if she was doing paleo, Right. She, mm -hmm. she would have been eating fats and then having fibers. But it's interesting that there are some parallels there. Right. Because, you know, um, Weight Watchers is putting a, a high priority on fiber. And then so is um, paleo. And the different mechanism is that paleo is pro fat and then Weight Watchers is actually low fat typically. Right. And so. Um, I think it's interesting because a lot of people will look at, you know, your story and go, well, then that's why she's not having success, but then won't look at, you know, their system and then why they're not having success with what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but, uh, I just want to finish on, on my last point. Were you doing, um, with resistance training, 
was any of it slow or was it mostly fast? Because, you know, you mentioned 15 minutes. Typically for 15 minutes, people are going to try and get it in and out as quickly as possible. Yeah. So it was all fast. It was, um, now we would call it a hit workout, but it wasn't called a hit workout a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, you would go in and it's as many push-ups as you can do in 30 seconds or as many burpees as you can do in 45 seconds. Yeah, so, um, so everything is so it was not anything slow and controlled. Um, it was let's go in 15 minutes. Yeah, let's get it done as quickly as possible. Okay, that makes sense. So you come in to eat to perform, right? And we're starting to give you a little bit more specifics related to all the macronutrients and stuff like that. And and you can just be honest with me. Um, a lot a lot of the time, people will say that it's often confusing and overwhelming. The way that we look at it is: here's your plan, do that plan. But what I think people are really saying, and and don't let me steal your words, but I think what people are really saying is is that change is hard, right? I'm doing. I I, I know this. I know that when I burn as many calories and eat as little as possible that I can lose weight, but I can't sustain that. And, um, talk, so talk to us a little bit about your early experience with eat to perform. I found it right after Thanksgiving one year and I had made the decision. Did it, and I've talked about this, but about being, do I just want to be fat and happy or did I want to actually improve and so I I decided to improve and so I joined group coaching right away mm-hmm. um, and Sarah <laughs> her first thing was don't be afraid of the carbs do not be afraid of the carbs and right. so I came into it and I put that stuff in my fitness pal and I just I tried <laughs> I was like I don't know what I'm doing I can get this. Even coming from the Weight Watchers background, it was different because you don't take anything out. There is no subtracting fibers. All of your fruit counts. Um, so it but is. It, but it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like. Just hold on one second. It sounds like for you though, the carbs wouldn't have been a problem because you were doing carbs previous to that, right? Um, yours was a well, little bit more low fat, but I'm, I'm assuming that the calories plus the carbs ended up being a little bit, a little bit of a, um, a wake up call. Well, when you think about it, because Weight Watchers, <coughs> you don't count your fiber, you know, you take out like all your fibers and all that. So that carb number looks, looks very small, but it's not because you're eating all your fruits and your vegetables and getting carbs there. So when right. you actually look at that full number, it's, it's a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it is a lot higher fat. And we're taught through the diet industry, low fat, low carb. And so getting over that hump um, is, is really hard. See, and uh, I, think that's where you, and then, I think that's where your experience is a little different than a lot of people's experience. Right, because um, you're kind of one of our low-fat people, but there's a lot of low-carb people, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're in their world, fats end up being the end-all, be-all, and ultimately, what ends up happening on both sides is that you can get to a certain point, but you're uncomfortable on the low-fat side. A lot of times you'll see mm-hmm. people that struggle with, uh, you know, nails, hair, you know, yeah. sleep. Um, it, Sex it's, drive, hor- libido. Hor- yeah, hormonal type type of issues will be more. On the other side, you have, you know, you can have similar type of dysfunction, but they tend to be, you know, the, the lower fat people might sleep a little bit better just because they're having some carbohydrates. Um it, it's gonna necess- It's going to help with a little bit of cortisol release. The the low, higher fat people tend to struggle with cortisol a little bit more, um, and so so you know I'm trying to kind of just paint the picture of why your experience might be a little bit different than other people's. So 
in terms of because you know we were talking a little bit before we started um you know the activities that you were doing um were all you know breaking it down and and you started from nothing and so what was some of the earliest things that you started to bring into the picture um, that was really changing the way that you looked at exercise? Uh, so I actually went from running like four or five days a week to some strength training. Um, I got really lucky. My husband works with a guy who works as a trainer part-time, and he set us down a very simple um, weightlifting plan, lots of dumbbells. Um, I belonged to Planet Fitness at the time, so, you know, everything I did with the squat machine was on a, a Smith machine, um, but just the lifting, just starting out with five-pound dumbbells and learning what an Arnold press was and how to properly do curls um, and using the, like, lap pull-downs and things, once I started doing resistance training, I started dropping weight. Right. I, some people can lose weight doing cardio. The resistance training for me just set off my metabolism. Yeah. Some, and it was all slow and controlled. Yeah. No, I'm going in there. I got to get 10 and I'm going to do it really fast. It was all about, there's a mirror there. You need to watch <laughs> your form. The other thing is too, I think adjusting your, how you were eating that, that kick-started your metabolism as well. We look back at when you started, and this is just come full circle too, Heather. It's been a year since you joined yep. your coaching now, which is yep. like, like your anniversary. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> your protein was like, I remember that being the biggest struggle bus. It was like 70 grams you were kicking in. Um, yep. Your highest calories were 1,700. Your and low you calories were, were 1,200. And if you were struggling with 70 grams of protein with us, Imagine what mm -hmm. you were getting in protein previous to us, right? Right. You know, because um, yeah. I have some sister-in-laws that, that you know, they'll talk about protein and the USDA recommendation, which is, like, absurdly low. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they feel like that's a lot of protein to get in, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I don't want to diminish what she's saying because it's very yeah. important, uh, that resistance training is metabolically important, right? Because when there's, there's two things that I think happen most of the time when you, you're starting to eat a little bit more, it's that one, um, digestion is going to be a bigger piece, right? And so when people look at caloric burn, you know, when you're under eating, your body's trying to get what it can from the minimal amount of nutrients that you're giving it, right? And so, uh -huh. you know, um, going to the bathroom, these things, they tend to be a little bit more of a struggle because there's just not a whole lot of waste, right? You know, your body's just making do um, and, and possibly breaking down some tissue in that process. So when you're eating enough, you're... you're digesting food because you're having, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, what used to be 10% of your metabolism now goes up, you know, to 20 to 25, right, as an example. And then, you know, when you look at metabolism and you go to a lab, what they test is the amount of muscle that you have, right? And, you know, in mm -hmm. some ways, I think as that technology starts to get better, they'll talk about how useful that muscle is but it doesn't surprise me because that was my experience as well you know um i was actually eating 3,000 calories and then once i started to put on muscle i mean if i didn't go to 5,000 calories i was not going to maintain my weight because weight just started to come off now i was working out a lot now talk to me a little bit about that because what i think a lot of people are going to hear when you said well, I was working out for 15 minutes a day, um, and now I'm working out more slow and controlled, right? What you're really saying is you're working out more time of the day, and then people will go, well, I just don't have the time. All I've got is 15 minutes. Talk a little bit about that and what your thought process is related to that. 
Um, it did take more time, but I'm talking, I went from 15 minutes to an hour. I would go to the gym. I would do a quick little jog on the treadmill and then I would go over and I would start lifting. And it was very much, um, in a program, I'm going to do this lift and then this lift and then this lift and they all flowed together. So it actually didn't take as much time as, as I thought it was going to. And once I, I knew what I was doing that day, it, I could get it down to about 45 minutes and I would get everything in um, with a decent amount of rest in between. And if I felt that I needed to go up in weight and that I was going to have to um, rest longer, I worked that in. So it may take an hour and 15 minutes. But I was doing that three to four times a week. And I always make sure I did it on my off days so that those, those two would be like my leg day where I had more exercises to do or yeah. um, back because my back and my shoulders are not fantastic. And so that would be my other off day when I wasn't working so that I could spend more time and take more rest um, so that I could, I could do the list properly instead of, um, injuring myself. Yeah. So, so like, yes, it took more time, but it felt better. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit, because I think that, you know, especially going into, you know, right now, you know, people will be listening to this podcast, you know, six months from now, but right now we're going into the new year. You started, you know, previous to the new year last time. Mm -hmm. What, I think happens for a lot of people is we try to we try to make things accessible to people and we try to give them mm -hmm. <clears throat> access to a high level of coaching. But you went into group coaching from jump. Talk mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Talk to me why you made that decision. And and for people that don't know, there's basically two levels of eat to perform. You sign up for eat to perform. You know we're going to give you a dashboard. And and actually when Heather started. Um, we didn't have that dashboard, right? We, um, that, that's come since she's been here, but, um, you sort of get that dashboard. You're able to communicate with coaches and we walk you through the plan, but group coaching is where you have a more personal contact with each form coaches. I mean, Sarah and I have been talking to Heather for a year and a half now, you know? Um, yeah. and so, <laughs> so Having that history with her, you know, Sarah talks, you know, I, I mean, it was probably, how would you say that your relationship with Sarah was um, in the beginning um, compared to, compared to now? Because right now you guys are more friends, right? Uh, so Sarah was the, um, well, I don't know how y'all want to get it, but she was my ass kicker. <laughs> she, she, she would get on my journal and say, where is your protein? Where are your fats? Why aren't you eating? Um, why do you only have 800 calories one day? And I'd be like, I work 20 hours. Okay, uh, no, I just like, want to stop. She's like, you work at Walmart. <laughs> now, Heather, I, I, I just want to stop you there for just a second because, because I think a lot of people, this is where they start to get into – you know, it's all overwhelming and confusing, right? Um, right. And it's 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 like anything that has change is is definitely mm -hmm. going to those hurdles are going to be, you know, some of the things that stop you, right? Right. But you decided right, right from jump that you wanted to go to the highest level. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which gave you accountability, and it sounds like that made a big difference for you. It did, because it's not like she she was Mina. She just said, hey, you're not hitting your proteins. What can I do? And um, I, I'm like, well, I'm having trouble getting food in. And she actually wrote in my journal, they have that yummy rotisserie chicken there. Yeah, at your work. So it's yes. strategy. I mean, building a strategy. I think for you it was accountability, but we also built a strategy together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because um, when I think of you – I think of someone with a lot of tenacity, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and when I also think of you, I think of someone that started from zero, you know, like sub zero, like yeah. and the um, the life stress. And we won't get into all of that, 
we'll keep all the personal, but the amount of life stress we all have, it was on a level like 1700 million for Heather, you know, as yeah. well as starting from ground zero with her nutrition. Well, I don't know, like, you know, we don't need to get into specifics right. of that, but I do think that that is an important thing because, you know, um, a lot of people will say, you know, well, I just had a bad six months. Um, what helped you, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking for something outside of Eat to Perform. What helped you stick to the plan as you were going through personal struggles? Um, it, it was a really terrible year. It, it was. Um, one, I have, I have a lot of faith. You know, I, I, I believe in God and that helped. Um, I also have some really good friends and, and knowing that I had exercise to relieve that stress outside of just the food plan and being able to talk to the people at each of the form, knowing that I could go to the gym for an hour, um, or my home gym, we ended up putting in, we spent like $600 and put in a home gym that I could go in that room and I could shut the door and I could put in my headphones and I could just, whatever it was, lift, um, Pilates, something to just get out of my own head for a short period of time was so amazing. Um, so you know, sometimes I have the headphones in and I'm, I'm praying and not listening to music as I lift, but it's, you have to have something, something that you can step away from. So now I don't know the answer to this question, but do you have people that you work out with? Because I know that you're a very active member in the Eat Reform community. Talk to me a little bit about the first piece and talk to me you know, about the second piece, because you're, you know, you're a big motivation for a lot of people. Um, I actually, so we work out at home, me and my husband, my husband does not belong to eat to perform because yeah, he kind of does macros on his own and he'll be like, I haven't had enough protein. I am like, I'm so proud of you. Um, so we work out together and then I have, um, a friend that I run with. Uh, and then there's three other ladies that I do races with. So like three times a year, we train separately, but we get together and we do those races. And then the whole time it's like, you know, how is your strength training doing? Cause we did Savage, the Savage race. And how, how's your long run going? Cause we have um, hot chocolate coming up in a month. So that's a 15 K. So yeah. just, even though we can't get together physically all the time, it helps to have um, accountability partners outside of we could perform that are local that say, hey, I'm off next week on Thursday. Do you want to go get in a four-mile run? Well, yeah, okay, that's great. Um, and then Dusty Longoria, who's also an Eat to Perform member, she's my macro accountability partner, and mm -hmm. we've met and gone to lunch. And so just having that um, outside of the actual Eat to Perform community as a as a support group has been very helpful. So talk to, talk to people a little bit about, because, you know, when we think of the Eat to Perform community, we think of it from our standpoint. We don't even really know what it looks like from your standpoint. So tell us, you know, um, obviously there's the coaching and stuff like that, but talk about like maybe the social piece and what other people, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, Dan Koloski is someone that you're friends with. Um, Dan, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, I, I think they, there's, I just know it. there's a little too much, like, like, um, you know, uh, inside jokes with some, uh, some of this stuff. But, uh, you know, many of us are friends. Dan is an older member of our community and super supportive of people. And he has this group of lady I mean, what what does it take to become a dance girl? I, I mean, I, I'm not even familiar with it. Just, I think you go, Charlie's Angel. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So, um, but you don't have to be perfect. That's, that's the great thing about the social. So, you know, you get JK who posts his amazing workouts and Mike Milner who does the same thing. 
and everybody's so supportive. You have a really bad, crappy day, and you're like, you know, I just had this horrible, horrible day. My workout sucked, and I got all this family stuff going on. And you don't get one comment. You get like 200 comments from these eat to perform people. I'm sorry you're going through that. This is what I went through. This is what I did. I hope you have a better day, you know, or they'll just say, they suck. You don't need them in your life. You know, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And it's funny. They're hilarious. <laughs> if I'm having, you know, if I need a good laugh, I just scroll our science lab off topic because I think one of the best things ever is that I'm having a bad day. Drop your best meme here post because they get me rolling. And I know that everybody there is supportive. I've not had anybody say a negative word. I've not had anybody be mean. I have never seen that. Well, you know, that's what a lot I, of people, that, yeah, that's what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, eat to form is a business, you know, and right, so, right. so, you know, the business is founded around positivity. And so right. it's, yes. it's not like the rest of the internet where you're going to post a picture and someone's going to point to the negative piece, right? Um, what, uh, you yes. know, I'll look at a picture, you know, there's every picture that you can look at and go, um, you know, wow, look at that person's arms, you know, I mean, and it, she's yeah. posting like an abs picture. And I'm like, oh, my God, your arms are so distracting, man. You must be doing like crazy work, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but but I think um, I mean. What you're saying is that having some social accountability does matter Right. Because I think yeah. that I think what a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to think to themselves is, you know, I was alone with my calories. Right. I got my calories. You know, I was doing my calories. Um, but then they had all these different hurdles. I mean, one of the things that that just came up today. Right. Where someone was talking about, um, you know, bad um influence in their life that's actually come up a lot with the holidays right you're around a bunch of people um you know known as family um that <laughs> you don't always get to pick some of those people and yeah. a lot of a lot of people don't realize that you know they need to distance themselves from some of the negative influences in their life if they're allowing those messages to permeate their head right Yes, absolutely. Because um, we all have family. And especially if you've ever been on that weight yo-yo, um, family thinks that they have the right to say, should you eat that? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it fits my macros. Ugh. Today it does. Because well, yeah. it's got protein in it. And it's yummy. So I needed six more grams of protein. And I needed 20 carbs. It fits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't know this, but other, um, other than my wife... There is not one Eat to Perform member in my family. And I have a big family, you know, um, not on my side. I'm an only child on my side, but um, there are no Eat to Perform members. You know, I'll see my sister-in-laws. My sister-in-laws, you know, they've, they've, you know, the only thing that works for me is Weight Watchers. How many times yeah. have you done it? 18 <laughs> times. It's like it, you failed 18 times, you know. Um but but see that's the that's the glory of Weight Watchers and that's the glory of Paleo and a lot of other things and and an accountability that we've sort of taken on since day one is that if you fail with something, then that is inherently a bad plan, right? And right. I will often you know, there's 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 two people, there's two sides of people, right? There's the people that think, you know, um that I work out like crazy, which I don't. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's the side of people that, you know, are kind of similar to what you're saying. Like, you really going to eat that that much pumpkin pie? It's like, yeah, I'm about to be deadlifting tomorrow, <laughs> you know, doing 450 pounds, you know. Um, but, but, but people don't understand. And I, I think that there is 
you know, a certain mentality. I think, I think, and I've been saying this a little bit more, that when you don't dive in or when you just get your calories and you run, you know, right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, I think you're letting your fear take over, you know, even if you're just an inactive participant, you know, just allowing more than just the calories to permeate your brain, you know, right. is really super important for people. And I think that, you know, just setting up a plan. Now there's the next level, right? So if, if you're trying mm-hmm. to <coughs> compete, you know, and all this other type of stuff, you know, then you have to get a little bit more on point from, from that standpoint. So let's talk, uh, you know, we'll, we'll finish up here pretty soon. Um, but talk to me a little bit about, you know, how much weight you've lost, but, but not so much that really kind of like the mentality change and, and how that's worked out for you. So I started Eat to Perform at 173 pounds. Um, and right now I have a daily fluctuation between two pounds. I go between 144 and 146. Um, Boom sauce. So, and, and so last yeah, time, I mean, last time you were 135. Okay. Right. One of the things that a lot of people won't look at, you know, when they hear these numbers is they won't think how much muscle they've lost in that process. Right. right. So totally reasonable thought process to think that you have gained anywhere from 10 to 12 pounds of muscle with, do you have any idea? Have you done any body fat testing, anything like that? No, um, my husband and I talked about it. That's one of the things we're both going to do this year. Um, I actually, I thought about it earlier in the year and I was, I wasn't as interested in it because I could see so much body comp change. And, you know, this is really important. The 144 to 146 that I am at now compared to 135 at Weight Watchers, I'm wearing the clothes I was at at 135 in Weight Watchers. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, a lot of people will say muscle weighs more than fat. Well, a pound is a pound is a pound. (laughs) But but muscle is... Muscle is less dense right. than fat, and that's what accounts for the difference. But not only that, really, when you focus on maintaining muscle, it's basically, I mean, if I asked anybody and said, hey, would you like me to speed up your metabolism? They'd be like, yeah, you know, what do I, what do I need to take? It's like, well, go to the gym, start lifting weights, be a little bit more conscious of your steps, you know, things of that nature. But it sounds like for you, steps were never an issue. It was really the resistance training that, um, see, I, I have to admit, like, like I can't do the working out with my wife thing unless I'm at CrossFit. It's just very distracting. <laughs> it's just very distracting. Well, we, yes, we had that problem. Yeah. And um, we had to lay some get ground rules. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ground, yes, ground, rules, ground rules. Ground rules probably <laughs> do help. But like, <laughs> like what's it been like? So what's it been like, you know, from the standpoint of your relationship with your husband, right? Um, with you getting oh. fit and being more, you know, you know, fit gal right. and, and, and doing it with um. them. So, um, he has gotten fit with me and he, man, he's, he's looking hot and, um, love it. and he, uh, he thinks the same thing. So our marital relationship is very good right now. Um, but we're both happier. I mean, we just feel better. And when you feel better then you're, everything else falls in place. Yeah, sex drive um, comes back, right? There's there's all oh, the, yeah, all the right? different things. I mean, the thing that always strikes me, you know, I, I do work out at a CrossFit gym. I don't think that there's been one divorce. Right. Like, like one divorce, you know. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, when you look at that and you go, two people are on a similar journey, you know, I just think that couples often... You know, when they fall apart, 
they fall apart because their goals become come different, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's like the opposite, right? When someone pursues fitness and then the other person doesn't pursue fitness, you know, it, it can sometimes be clashing goals, but more often than not, it ends up bringing them both to fitness, you know, mm-hmm. just because, right. you know, a, a part of every relationship is still caring about the maintenance of that relationship from day to day, you know, and a bit of that, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I don't want, you know, I wanted this to be about you and not, not about me, but, you know, when I was 37, <laughs> I, I had a heart attack scare, you know, mm-hmm. um, right. I, I mean, you know, the fact that my wife was still, you know, with me and, and, and all that other type of stuff. Well, you know, at 37, you know, I had been dieting for roughly seven years, you know, kind of doing the binge and bust cycle, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, kind of similar to what you were talking about earlier, where you just kind of, you know, you would get into the, these cycles of failure. So you're sort of at the point right now where I would think, um, and I do think, by the way, that you are right from body fat percentage, um, using your clothes you know, losing, yeah. you know, getting in front of the mirror naked. I mean, you know, I, I think Definitely. I think that there's so much about confidence with all of this. You know, yes. um, I, I think that one of the things that I hear from your voice, and I've kind of always heard it. I mean, you know, you have yeah, definitely you have personal struggles and, and, and those yeah. can be difficult. But there is sort of this optimism for mm-hmm. you. It looks like your journeys come from a place of love, right? And I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that are trying to hate themselves lean where, you know, oh, you know, I feel so fat, you know, and, and, and messages that they allow themselves to tell themselves yeah. that if somebody else said it to them, you know, they would get mad, Right. Do you allow that? I mean, is that something that you used to do or you were always good at that piece? No, I, I, because, and I told Sarah this, I, when I was young, I was hot. I mean, I was like, I looked good. I had abs. I love it. I, I was beautiful. I never had to worry about what people thought about me. You know, I I look good. And then I hit my thirties. And so it was a complete 180 for me to be fat and large. And it took a long time for me to realize that that was not who I was. It was just what I was. Yeah. Um, and so looking in the mirror, I would be like, I couldn't even really look at myself fully in the mirror. Um, so I, it, it took a lot for me to actually say, you know what, if you're going to really sit down and do this, you've got to start thinking about yourself differently. Um, when I when I said I joined Eat to Perform because I had to decide if I was going to be fat and happy or if I was going to be healthy and happy, and I realized I wouldn't be happy, fat. Um, and it, it's not just fat. I mean, like my whole, I hurt. I didn't want to hurt anymore. Um, so but, I. But, but let me let me you know, just. You have to. You have to. So I want to I want to break down that little piece because I think that the, that's important. Don't you think that you know? I, I think what differentiates you. I, I think what happens for a lot of people <clears throat> is they'll join Eat to Perform, and they'll you know they're already into exercise, um, mm-hmm. and they now all of a sudden realize that they can eat more, mm-hmm. and they have kind of this place of, of love or at least kind of this this um, compromise that they've made where, okay, well, at least I get to eat more freely and exercise. That wasn't your journey, though, right? You, you were consistent about, you know, the weight loss and making sure that, and, and I feel like, that's hard to do if it doesn't come from a place of love. 
right? Yeah. Do you feel like you ever made mm-hmm. peace with the gal at one seventy three, um, or or did or 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 did you not? Because I mean, that might have been your story, right? Everybody's story is a little different. So I know why I hit one seventy three. I mean, I I know how I got there. I know that um, I would prefer not to go back. Um, I'm forty three years old. I have a hopefully a long life. Um, who knows what's going to happen down the road? Um, but at this point, I'm not going back there. But yes, it it I had to really sit down and think. If something happens and it comes back, am I just going to hate myself or am I going to just do what I did and buckle down and and make that life choice again? Because there's going to be a reason I go back there. Um, So you can't hate yourself. You've got to look at what you're hating. What am I hating? Am I hating choices I made? Am I hating my personality or my heart? What am I hating? And I, I was hating the way I looked not me. I'm a good person. I've always thought that when I die, the first thing I want somebody to say at my funeral is that she had a great sense of humor and made people laugh and that she cared. So if that's who I am, then the outside of me is not me. And so, um, you have to just think, what am I hating on? Because if I've got friends and I got family who love me, then I'm just doing myself a disservice. And yeah, 173 is not where I want to be, but if I ever go back there, I'm not going to feel about myself the way I did before. Yeah, so so you're you're hitting on some some topics that I do think are important, and I think one of the things that you're saying is is that you felt like when you would gain weight back, that um, it was almost hopeless, right? Yeah. Because yeah. because you were trying. And you were working hard doing all the things that, that you had done. But then you, you, you know, you here you are back at 173, right? And, yep. and you looked in the mirror and you go, I'm a, I'm a happy person. I, I, I do good things. You know, I'm funny. Um, but yet I'm, I'm stuck here. Right. And, mm-hmm. yep. you know, obviously, you know, we could look at, you know, whether the calories are 26, like, like you said, uh, you know, the hard part is, you know, fruit can be calorie dense, fiber can be, you know, take away some, some calories and stuff like that. Talk to me a little bit about what your, your calories are now, and then we'll end on, on what your goals are going forward. Um, so I'm terrible. I don't even look at the calories anymore. I look straight oh, at my that. macros. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm excited to... Because this this is stuff that I love so much, knowing that you're you dropped essentially forty pounds, gotten strong thirty pounds, gotten stronger. You started at when you started group coaching and, and getting into it, your starting macros were around seventeen hundred on a high day, twelve hundred on a low day. Now she is at about twenty four hundred calories on a high day. Um and I mean, just it's less than that on a low day. Yeah, so. and that and that's sustainable, right? So, yeah. so like you can oh. you can point to well, I can stick with this, right? But when when you're sitting there starving and a cutie is the thing that you're looking forward to for the whole yeah. damn day, right? Yeah. Then but you start let's to realize. Let's talk about sustainable. Yeah. Because I sold a house and I bought a house in the last two months, so. October 25th, we shut down our home gym and packed it. And then in November, we moved into a hotel for three weeks. Mm-hmm. We moved into our new house December 10th and got our gym up last week. So in that time, I did very little running and very little body weight exercise because of just that whole process. It's, it, it's a terrible process. I didn't gain a pound. Right. I ate my macros. I did my plan. Now, I got lift in. So, once again, I got my steps in. But I didn't gain a pound. Yeah, it's been similar. I sustained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah, that... So, now I, I'm working out again. I think a lot of people don't <laughs> realize the value of, of that muscle and the value mm-hmm. of having recovery time. And then everyone... Mm-hmm. They just can't stay out of their way. 
And and what the thing, <laughs> what I think is great about you is that is that now that you've like I just do my plan, right? And mm-hmm. when you just do your plan, that's the best part of of staying out of your way. I will take issue with what Sarah said that you've lost thirty pounds. Um, yes, on a scale you've lost thirty pounds, but you've lost more than that from from in terms of bodily fat, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, this is the part that a lot of people don't realize is that when you hold on to muscle, you know, I mean, it, it should be obvious to everybody, but it isn't, you know, when you're eating 2,400 calories and still reaching your goals, the you're holding on to muscle and building muscle in that process. So the idea that, you know, and, and your waist size certainly shows it that you probably lost somewhere in the neighborhood about 40 pounds of fat in that process. Right. Yeah. Um, or at least, yeah. at least enough fat to really get you to a similar, um, place that you had gotten in the one thirties. Right. So, um, I, I think that that's a piece that people diminish a little bit too much, you know, and they think, well, I've got to lose 50 pounds. It's like, well, you know, no, you really don't, you know, depending on what you do and, and how you do it. So talk to me a little bit about what you think the future looks like, because I think that that's, you know, that's the piece that's most exciting for people. Once they realize that they've found the the answer for what str- they've been struggling with, um, what, what, what do you envision the next, you know, 20 years looking like? Um, I actually thought about this the other day because, you know, I've been on each of our form with group coaching for a year and that's the longest I've ever been on a program. And I'm like, wow, okay. So what am I going to, what are my goals? Um, I have a friend who wants to do a, um, physique competition and has asked me to do that with her next year. So maybe, um, I'm seriously thinking about it. That is something I've never tried before. Um, and it sounds somewhat exciting at this point. The more I think about it, the better it sounds. But I really just want to um, stay healthy and fit. I mean, I've got weightlifting goals. There's, uh, I'm going to do a handstand push-up someday, and I'm going to. <laughs> I'm I believe going to you squat will. My body weight. Yeah. I'm going to squat my body weight, and I'm going to get my um, overheads above 65 pounds. Uh, these are my long-term goals. I'm going to stay healthy. I'm going to eat good food and enjoy my family. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to yo-yo. And by yo-yo, I don't mean like five pounds or six pounds or everything goes way off the rails and I get 10 pounds of fat back. I'm talking about almost 200 pounds. And um, I like telling people about what I've done. I've lost. I don't even tell them I've lost 30 pounds. I say I've lost so much fat and I've put on so much muscle because they'll say, how much did you actually lose? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is what the scale says. Yeah. But um, I think I'd like to just continue to work towards being healthy. Um, I've talked previously in some of our untapped challenges about people on my mom's side of the family don't live past 42. I'm 43. Mm-hmm. And by God, I'm going to make 60. So... Yeah. Um, well, and I, I would argue, that, I would argue that the the goal is probably a lot higher than sixty. You know, <laughs> but right. I, but I know what you're yeah. talking about. Because <clears throat> where do where do you live? I live in Texas, North Texas. Yeah, so I'm I'm from Louisiana, and oh yeah, my aunts and uncles all died. You know, late fifties, early sixties. My mom died. You know, early sixties. But what I remember most about my mom, my grandmother, you know, all, all these people was that they were dead way before that, right? Like, right. like, um, you know, I never remembered my grandmother not being old, you know? I mean, she basically <laughs> just sat in the kitchen. I love my grandmother. She's like one of the biggest influences in my life, but, um, you know, she gave up a long time ago. My, my, my dad. You know, is alive right now. You know, he's sixty-five. He knows that. You know, I I could help him. 
He's just not interested in the help. And in fact, a lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of the reason why Eat to Perform happened, you know, I never envisioned this being mm-hmm. a business, you know. But it became a business when I realized that I could bring my knowledge to the people that cared about it. And just because someone shared my last name doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that they were going to care about it. In fact, you know, more often than not, they looked at it as if, oh my God, he's like, you know, working out all the time. And, and, and there's probably a lot of people think that I, that I don't eat very much. Um, and I think, you know, more than anything, you know, I, I, I do relate to your want to do physique um, because mm-hmm. I remember, you know, you get close to, you know, what is optimal body composition, right? And so you see these, you know, people out there that, you know, have a little bit more ab definition or, or something like this. I will say that you're probably a great example of 90%, right? Um, uh-huh. And 90% is where most people should go for. I think that, uh-huh. uh, you know, that extra 10% is is a challenge, but it also affects your, your mentality. And so, you know, when you're going through the things that you're going through, like the things that you went through this year, if you went through that, you know, you're prepping for a physique competition, um, you might struggle more. Right. Um, and so that would be, I think the, the, the fear I always have you know, for someone like you who's so good at what they're doing is that they just keep pushing it, you know, and and you you kind of push yourself to failure when you've been a great success all along, you know. So it's nice to have goals and challenges, but I think the other piece is, you know, you've done a lot of really good work, you know. A and, lot. And... Uh, you know, you're a, an example that, you know, having some level of accountability, having, you know, um, patience. I mean, like the patience that you have is, is really good, right? Because, you know, when you talk about your your short journey, you know, from February to July, you know, with Weight Watchers, uh-huh. and then now you're talking about a year, I just don't think a lot of people want to put in that work, you know, and, and, and maybe not just physically, but mentally, you know, they, they want to pull off Mm -hmm. the bandaid as quickly as possible. And even though over and over again, they failed at that, you know, they still keep, keep trying. And, and, uh, I'm going to say too, for Heather, she really took a lot of responsibility too, where I think as human beings, it's easy for us to be like, well, I can't because this happened or I couldn't. She really took responsibility and her attitude of, okay, I will find a way was yeah. consistent. And that made a huge difference for her. And and why would it help? You know what I'm saying? Like, like for instance, if, if <clears throat> your uncle Charlie dies and you just start, you know, um, grief eating, right. You know, how are you honoring Uncle Charlie? How are you honoring right. yourself at that moment? You know right. what I mean? And and I think that a lot of people look for those temporary um, things because they don't have exercise in their life. They don't have yeah. a community to rely upon, you know. And, you know, that's where I think just looking at your problems as a calorie problem you know, is, is a big mistake, you know, um, it's, it's much deeper than that. Well, I had, and like I said, it was a really bad year. Sarah knows the whole story. I've talked to her about it because there were definitely days where I put in my group coaching journal. I ate, I emotionally ate today. It wasn't pretty. Um, but tomorrow I'm back on plan. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes I let myself do that because I needed to not always be in control. And so I could tell when it was just to the point where is the control today going to be detrimental or should I just let myself have a day and yeah. allowing 
each of the form allows you to have the day, you know, or two days, but then you're like, okay, let's get back on plan because in the end, this is going to make me happier. But don't you think, so don't just you just being able to do that was amazing. But don't you think that what you're saying, when you're inactive or you're mm-hmm. just running all the time and you're just doing high intensity all the time, that the window is so much smaller, right? Yes. But when, But when, you know, like you're saying, you have one of those moments. Mm-hmm. I think when you're under eating and you're eating, let's say, 1,300 calories, you'll often think of the calories as the solution. And it won't necessarily get you to the gym next day, right? You just, you know, you just won't run because you ate 1,300 calories that day and the calories are the most important thing, right? But when you're naturally doing the plan and when you're naturally, Uh you know, there is almost this pushing thing like, okay, I can actually use this food, build Uh a little lean tissue in this process and it's not a complete disaster. And you don't have the guilt that most dieters feel. Like even a, a cheat day. I mean, a cheat day, you're cheating on your diet, right? So right. <laughs> so that's why we don't have that kind of verbiage, you know. Um, a cheat day in, is building in the guilt right there by saying yeah. cheat, right? Because you're going right. against what mm-hmm. you're normally supposed to be going for, and, and and that's why I think it's so harmful. Yeah. All right, well, Heather, I'll, go ahead. Yes. What, what were you going to say? So, I'll give you the last word. The, um, the cheat days, because we don't do the cheat days. Um, the um, When I'd have that emotional day, and it would be, I'd eat everything. You know, it's funny because it was an emotional day, but I'd still try and hit my proteins and I'd still try and hit my, my fats. It was usually something, I'd switch out something sweet. But then the next day when I'd actually get in to the gym or get up to my squat rack, which is like my favorite thing ever, um, I would have a great squat day. I yeah. mean, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when I hit 115 pounds on my squat, I was like, oh my God, Sarah, I had 115 days. Um, you know and it was like right in the midst of like this terrible time in my life and um, i was always amazed when you would send me these videos we'd have some power (laughs) some big drama next thing i know i've got a video message yeah i think think it's moments like that it's moments like that that allow you to to you know hunker down yeah you know all right, Heather. Well, I really appreciate you doing this because I think that a lot of people don't really know, you know, like if you're not, you know, in it, you know, uh, people don't necessarily understand what we do and how we do it. And so I think uh, your relationship with Sarah, that's why she had to be here, um, is, is super important. So thank you for doing this and uh, we'll uh, talk to you later. We'll see you in the groups. Thanks, Heather. All right, thank you. All right, Have bye, a great everybody. day. Talk to you. You too.